0: Part two of the crossover. Josh Neighbors here from Locked On Bay Twelve. John Williams is here from Locked On Sooners. Emery Lina from Locked On Texas Tech, and also Jake Hatch. He is here from Locked On Cougars. The Big Twelve. The coaches. How do they stack up against each other? And also, if we were to add the big, the new Big Twelve coaches in right now, where would they rank amongst the current coaches against each other? It's a really interesting question. We'll have some conversation about that, and also. Some all Big 12 teams are released from Athlon Sports. Some thoughts on those coming up on today's show.
1: You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, once again, Josh Neighbors here, John Williams here, Emery Lida here, and Jake Hatch is here whether you're watching us on YouTube or you are listening to us, uh, whichever way you like to, we're happy to have you. So last, well, like a couple weeks ago, uh, I talked about the uh, CBS sports power five coach rankings. And I, w- I hadn't even done part two of that show yet, actually. And so they released their top 25 rankings. They had three big 12 coaches, top 25. Matt Campbell was 12. Dave Aranda was 11. Mike Gundy was number 10. This set of all the power five coaches it got me thinking, you know, about when we do add the new coaches and really like the new coaches we're adding. I mean, there is some heavy hitters here, guys. You think about number one, I think about Luke Fickle, right? That is a coach that has been to a college ball playoff in a program like Cincinnati. It's really, and and once again, I've mentioned this a bunch, the effort they put up against Alabama is a lot better than a lot of the efforts that we see from better branded schools against Alabama. Um yeah. One, Gus Malzahn has is a coach that has been very close to you know uh, winning the whole damn thing. Uh, did so as a coordinator, right? As uh, for that uh, that Auburn team, and had and, and also has beaten Nick Saban a fair, fair amount of times on his in his own right. Correct. Then you think about uh, you know Dana Holgerson, who we don't have to you know, look at his credentials at West Virginia. We don't have to know about this guy winning games this conference. He's won a bunch, right? So you think about all of them, and then you obviously you think about Kalani Satake, who was a candidate for many Power 5 jobs and has kept things rolling there at BYU. So, Jake, I'll go to you first. When you think about that you think about the Arandas of the world, you think about Gundy, you think about Matt Gamble, they're, uh, you know, they're all different kind of coaches because of the tenure they've been there, the ups, the downs they had, the different kinds of programs. But where do you see a Kalani Sataki fitting into the – current kind of big 12 hierarchy of coaches
2: i'd put him top half i think it's pretty easy to put him there and that, that, that the fun part about a guy like kalani is you mentioned the fact he's had power five interests they the last two off seasons BYU fans have been fretting oh is kalani gonna bolt and kalani the one thing about him is he grew up a byu guy he was a fan of the program he played for lavelle edwards in pro was his dream his entire life to play there he wants to find a reason to stay at BYU he's not a guy who's looking to leave and that that's the nice part of, about a program like BYU in the football sense is they have a guy who is invested in this program they've also put unprecedented amount of money into the program this offseason as well they're anticipating uh really being able to go into the big 12 on a pretty even footing if they're able if they're capable of doing that with regards to being competitive so a lot of things are looking up for BYU. I think I would probably put Kalani in that four to five range, somewhere in that top half of the big 12.
0: So, cause it, it's really funny because, you know, I, so I think about those like three guys, at the top, right. The, the Arandas, the Gundys, and then, and then Matt Campbell, uh, John, if you had to rank those three right now in order, where would you put them? And also, if you were to add Luke – so I want you to do the non-Luke Fickle and then Luke Fickle. Just rank them really fast. Actually, toss Luke Fickle in there. Where would you put Luke Fickle in relation to those guys? So give me – like those four,
3: put them in order for me. I think I'd have to put Luke Fickle and then Gundy Aranda Campbell. You put you put Fickle over Gundy? I yeah. Think that's interesting. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just what he's able to do at Cincinnati and, and – I mean, they had some really, really quality wins last year to get them into the college football playoff. Or the last two, two years, I would say, yeah, so too. Last, I mean, they could have gone, yeah, two years ago, too. So I think what he's done in such a short period of time is part of the reason that the Big 12 was willing to bring Cincinnati into the fold. Like, it wasn't just because they are in a, a football state with a football footprint like Ohio has. I mean, Cincinnati had to play well on the field as well. They had to have some level of success, and Luke Fickle brought that to Cincinnati and another guy that's been in line that could have had a a number of power five jobs this year had he wanted to leave but is going to follow the Bearcats presumably into the Big 12 and I think just his credentials and his success I think that's what puts him a step above I mean the only group of five team to make it into the college football playoff that has to mean something when Gundy Aranda and Campbell haven't you know gundy is a great coach he's been at oklahoma state for 17 years had a lot of success but he's also fallen short on a lot of occasions i mean his longevity is kind of what makes him such an attractive coach aranda he's he was great in year two year one was kind of a dumpster fire yes, sir. are we going to yes, see a bit of regression in year three are they going to fall back to middle of the pack we'll see matt campbell that's the team that was supposed to dethrone oklahoma last year live up to that top 10 billing, had all the talent in the, in the world, and they fell flat. So I, he's the one, actually, Matt Campbell, and I love Matt Campbell. I think he's a great coach, but he's the one that I'm wondering, how is he considered a top 15 coach right now after what we just saw out of his Iowa State program? Yes, there were some issues. Brock Purdy has some injuries, point. but I think That's this is a team point. that was supposed to be a lot better than what they ended up being. Why are we still kind of riding that Matt Campbell train? They had yeah. a little bit of regression. Can they bounce back and, and be better than they were last year, considering they lost Brock Purdy and Brees Hall and uh, K- Charlie Kohler and Chase Out, Like this, that's a lot of talent out the door. Mike Rose, like this is a lot of talent that they lost. Yes, they've got some good guys still there, but I mean they lost a lot of guys. And so listen, I like all three, all three of the Big 12 coaches that were there. But for my money, I'm taking Luke Fickle. Like, that's the guy I think that's got the ability to raise Cincinnati to becoming a consistent national title contender.
0: So, the Matt Campbell thing is, is really interesting because, I, you know, I was talking to Robbie Triano, and, and my, my buddy who works at series like seven. He really, he's, he's kind of with you, John. Like, there is a group of people that were like, where in the hell was the slander for them last year, right? I mean, they got absolutely thumped by Iowa in a game where I was off, Now, this happened a lot. Iowa's offense didn't have to do a whole lot because Iowa State gave that game away. Iowa State lost that football game like outright. And that was like the big game they you know, they had to get over, and so yeah, I mean, you know, like maybe you're right. Maybe he's not a top of team coach. I-, I will say the reason why I would put Gundy one, and I actually think if you add in the new Big Twelve coaches, I think Mike Gundy is the best coach in this league. Is because if you were to pick a new Big Twelve school out of the new Big Twelve teams and say, all right. You have to build. You want to be like one of these programs. Oklahoma State is the program that you want to be the most like, correct? Out of the new Big Twelve schools. Well, who built that thing? Mike Gundy did. That is that is his program. From the word to go. Now Matt Campbell's is too. Or excuse me, uh, and his is, and so is Luke Fickle. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying the reason I go for Mike Gundy is because he's done it for a bit longer. So Emery, do you agree with that? As somebody's, you know who's going to who covers a team that's going to be in the new big 12. Like if you're Joey McGuire, you're trying to build in Lubbock what we've seen Mike Gundy build in Stillwater.
1: I think I'd still go with Luke Pickle. I mean, right. you, look what's, you look at what you look at what Cincinnati did last year and their peak as a program relative to the talent that they had on that team. Like you have to say Desmond Ritter, was really well developed in that program. You look at all the skill yes. position players, their lines on both ends were simply above what we've seen from really any secondary group of five program. Yeah, that we've seen from any group of five program in recent memory. Obviously, Luke Fickle's first couple of years at Cincinnati, we've seen just a continued development of that team. It's like they improve every single year and find new stratospheres to reach. And so, like, and the other thing with Fickle as well is like he's reached that point where Cincinnati. Yes, they had good resources compared to the rest of the American, but he's put them on a tier above any of the new arrivals from the American Conference. And talking about Houston and UCF in the last couple of years, really without a, without much of an advantage because UCF obviously had the big brand coming from their success in 2017, 2018, as well as a little bit in 2013. And then as you have Houston as well, who's kind of been up in the upper echelon, a group of five teams for the last couple of decades. Like in general, what we've seen. Luke Fickle do at Cincinnati is enough to sort of surpass Mike Gundy. And the other thing is you look at how Mike Gundy's built Oklahoma state and yes, they have built themselves into a really good program. There's no denying that, but at the same time, you have to look at the fact that prior to last year, Oklahoma state had been on a little bit of a downturn the last, the three years previously. And it's not like those teams were untalented. You look at what he did from 2017 to 2019 in particular, those were three teams that arguably had a lot more talent. I look at 2017, 2017, they came in as a top four team on Sports Illustrated cover. Completely underwhelming. You look at what they did in 2018 as well, and they went from a top 25 team in the preseason to unranked and nearly missed out on a bowl game. So, like, there's so much that Gundy has had. Where over the years, he's had too many stumbles for me to consider him. 2020 a was bad too. I mean,
0: I know it was yeah. COVID and everything, but like that team should have been yeah. a
1: lot better than it was. Yeah. So like, there's just so many stumbles along the road for Gundy. It's hard for me to say he's the best coach. So I'd say among the three existing members behind Fickle, I would go with the um, Aranda and Gundy on the same tier because Aranda does have the kind of lack of experience, lack of proven sustainability. But what we saw last year was incredible. So those who are there, and then I'm with you guys when it comes to Matt Campbell. I mean, we've had five years. Iowa State's a really good story and what he was able to do to initially build that program out of the gutters. But He's had teams that have underachieved now multiple years. We've seen last year, came in kind of second in command to Oklahoma, completely underwhelming, underwhelmed expectations, did not live up to expectations. We've seen them start slow numerous times now. We've seen them lose the games they've shown it. We've seen Brock Purdy regress in that system. I just have no reason to think he's a top 20 coach nationally. And really, I'm debating putting him on a tier closer to the Sonny Dykes of the world than I am
0: Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> putting him (laughs) for okay hear me out of it hear hear me out of this no 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 i'm not saying he's as bad as sunny dykes i think there's a clear line there what i'm saying is luke Luke fickle has built himself in cincinnati and done way more in three or four years at cincinnati than what matt campbell has been able to do at iowa state and again iowa state came out of the gutters respect to campbell for that but at some point you have to see progress as a program. And we simply haven't seen that beyond the baseline level at Iowa State. So he's a good coach, but I'm not sure I would put him in the upper echelon or anywhere near that.
0: Yeah. I mean, like Jake, that's a, that that's a take.
2: I like that. Hey, Emory. <laughs> I, I, <matter laughs> Jake, your thoughts on, on all of what we just heard. Jay. Okay. I'm a big fan of Matt Campbell. And my introduction to Matt Campbell actually came when he was at Toledo. He brought a Toledo team, and obviously, Toledo has been up and down and whatnot. But he brought them, and Jason Candle's done a good job carrying on in his absence mm-hmm. in Toledo. Yes. But he brought Toledo to Provo to play BYU, and they played an absolutely epic. I think it was like it was in the both teams were in the 50s. BYU ended up winning the game. Jamal Williams went for BYU single-game record rushing in that game. It was nuts. That told me everything I needed to know about Matt Campbell is the dude just knows how to scheme football. That's what I love about him is he will work whatever he needs to to get his teams in advantage. And I think he's done that with uh, Brock Purdy during time at at Iowa State. Uh, He had some very good teams at Toledo. I'm not going to say he's Sonny Dykes-esque. I think he's better than that. But I think that there was was a lack... There, there was a lack of the criticism last year for how they kind of underachieved relative to expectations that was a little bit, a bit surprising to me. I, I will admit that.
0: Yeah, I think the frustrating quote for me was at, towards the back end of the year when somebody asked him, like, you know, about what they would accomplished as a team. And he's like, oh, he's like, we haven't, it's not like we have, you know, we still have something accomplished. And like at that point, the best they could do was like eight and four. And he's like, you know, we, you know, our goals about, about us as people, as it's like, no, you've underachieved. Like you're a five and four team, you've 100 percent achieved.
2: That I didn't love. Which Jones
1: I, got massacred for that approach?
2: Yeah. Yes, he, he did. He did. I, I work in sports radio and I one of my hosts, he, he always talks about the fact when, quote, when quotes like that come out, when no matter who it is, whatever sport it is, it's, it's always funny because my, my host PK, the guy I work with, Patrick Kinahan, he'll always say, yes, they're resetting the expectations, but people know what the real expectations were.
0: Yes, you always, yes, you always to be like cognizant of that. And look, Mac Brown, I thought Mac Brown actually did a good job being like, yeah, we're not, we weren't very good last year. It, it, it could kind of work either way. Sometimes they're right,
3: sometimes they're wrong for doing so. John, you got something? Well, I just wanted to add, just like to come Sataki. I, he's one, he's a guy I'd probably put in the top 20. I mean, you look at the guys that, you know, CBS Sports has in the top 20. And I mean, if you're looking at Sataki, I mean, I think he's probably a better coach than Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, Northwestern was good, but then they weren't good. Like BYU, Northwestern, Yeah, a, though, so you're yeah like, but they have know. to stay in su- success at BYU, and they're playing yeah. a tough schedule every single year as an independent. Like this is a guy that knows how to coach. He gets the best out of his team. Recruiting, on honestly, like a small pool, a smaller pool than maybe a lot of other schools are recruiting from, and they still achieve, you know, above expectation almost every single year, winning games that most people may not think that they're going to be able to win. BYU is going to be a tough team in the big 12 whenever they oh, get yeah. into the, into the fold. And I think Sataki is probably a, a top 20 coach in my, in my opinion, easily. Yeah. Uh, BYU, okay. I love you, by the way, <laughs> um,
1: just if you guys,
0: legit retro hats. <laughs> if you guys want to achieve above what you thought was possible, uh, Built bar, go to build.com today. It's built.com. He's the promo code lock 15, plenty of flavors available. And that's just the Built Bar we talk about here. Built Go, Built Boost, uh, all those kinds of things are available. They've got the Caramel Brownie Built Bars right now. 130 calories, folks. 17 grams of protein. 4 grams of sugar only. Um, and here's the thing, guys. like You can eat this before a workout, after a workout, or for dessert. It, it's, it's multifunctional. Uh, once again, go to Built.com. That is Built.com. Use the promo code lock 15 L O C K E D
3: at built.com. Seems like we've lost Josh for a minute. He is on vacation and hosting on a sketchy internet access. And I think we got Josh back. We're back. We're good. All right. We're back yeah, in here.
0: There you go. You guys got me? Vamped now all right hey lock 15 at built.com today that's what it's all about right there that's really what we're talking about There go. all right so uh we gotta get john out of here in a a few minutes but i wanted to show everybody the um the athlon sports and also athlon sports did four all big 12 teams like what what is a four all big 12 teams like what are we doing here thanks for the content though
3: i appreciate i I appreciate
0: the content Content, yes
2: content is key. uh
0: here we go can you guys see my screen am i sharing the right screen yes got it okay good
2: all right um
0: so i i really just want to do this right here spencer sanders oklahoma state quarterback is number one are we just doing this john because he won it last year like i think it should be dylan gabriel and i'm a spencer sanders guy
3: i mean i think it's fine if you want to look at the, the Notre Dame game and how he finished that game off and, and project that into 2022, I guess you could see it. Like he was the first team quarterback in the big 12 in 2021 should he have been, I don't know, but yeah, I think you could go Dylan Gabriel. You could go Quinn Ewers If you are really getting feisty out there because he's got the weapons to probably have a pretty good season in, in 2022. But yeah. It's, it's weird to me. I mean, Spencer Sanders, he's a solid quarterback, but much like my, my disdain, I won't say disdain, but my lack of love for Adrian Martinez is the same thing as my lack of love for Spencer Sanders, and that just turns the ball over too much. He's just too loose with the ball. If he doesn't have four interceptions against Baylor, good chance that they win that game. I mean, he helped get them back into the game and give them a chance at the end, but those four interceptions, they make a big difference in a football game, and i got to have a quarterback that I can trust a little bit to hold on to the football.
0: Emery, I've got some bad news for you. There is not one single Texas Tech Red Raider on the first-team offense or the first-team defense. Is this a travesty? Is this a a problem? Or is this the right call? Are you going to be a homer? What do you think here?
1: I mean, I don't know who you would put on the team based off of past production. (laughs) I can tell you – that if zero tech players end up on either first team by the end of the year, that will really surprise me because there's the amount of guys like a Taj Brooks, like a Tyree Wilson, uh, Dejon Taylor Demerson, as well, all guys that have a lot of talent, young guys as well. But I mean, just looking at the depth of the conference, it's not really all that surprising because Tech's offensive line is obviously a little bit inexperienced, or at least don't, doesn't have a lot of, te- of a lot of experience at Tech. The quarterback situation, obviously you have three talented quarterbacks, but I don't think any of them would really have a case for first year in preseason, all big 12. And then just looking at the skill possessions, like there's no real guys out there that have both the established past or the outlandish potential. I mean, last year was one thing with like Eric Azucama, who I would say if he wasn't on a preseason first team coming into this year would be ridiculous. But I mean, I think it's not the end of the world, but at the same time, I'm putting my hat in the Tyree Wilson case, I think it's going to end up being him as the most likely guy to end up on the first team. Hopefully there's multiple guys, but certainly, I mean, there's too much talent on this team to not have anyone on the teams at the end of the year. But I can understand coming into the year why you would have nobody there in the first place.
0: Jake, what 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 guys do you think we would definitely see 110% from BYU on a first team in this league? Is there anybody you're like, yes, that guy would be a, a first teamer?
2: I got three names for you. Uh, One, Isaac Rex, uh, BYU star tight end. He is still recovering from an ankle injury, suffered in their season uh, finale against USC, but I think he would be in the mix at tight end there. I think he's a fantastic player. Ben Simmons is a good player, but I think Isaac Rex... They're with him uh the other guy i would put on that list is blake freeland at left tackle he is going to be a yes. first nfl draft pick he absolutely would be a first team guy in my opinion and then flipping over to the defense for a minute the other guy i would probably have in the mix there it's kind of a hard sell, but Keenan Peely the BYU defense essentially fell apart and just was not what it was for the first four games of the season. After he suffered an ACL injury, he kind of proved his worth by not being on the field for BYU in a way. He looks like he's going to be an NFL guy for BYU. So I think those three guys would probably be in the mix. The one other dark horse for BYU is Puka Nakua. He started to emerge at the end of last year. He probably would need another year to really move into that first team realm at wide receiver, but he is lights out, folks. Pukanuku is a guy to keep an eye on.
0: All right. There you go. There's there's uh, anybody else, anything on these teams? John, you got any closing thoughts on these teams? That, uh, anything on the fourth
3: team defense that really you wanted to fight about? No, I, I would say that I think, you know, the guys that they had at wide receiver for the first team, no issue there. All three of those guys are really, really good. I mean, yeah. I can make a case for Marvin Mims being out there, up there as well, but, I mean, the three guys that they put ahead of them there's no disrespect because Xavier Hutchinson is great. Xavier Worthy is great. Quentin Johnson we saw last year against Oklahoma was great. So really, really good players there. So anybody looking for any slight there to Marvin Mims shouldn't have any issue because those three guys are really, really good players in their own right.
0: Uh, Emory, are we going to see Miles Price have a massive season? Because somebody's got to catch the passes, right?
1: I've got to think my, of all the tech receivers, Miles Price is by far the most likely to have a really good season, especially if Donovan Smith wins the job. They had a really good chemistry and connection towards the end of last year. And Price in general looks like if he wins the job, he's going to be taking a lot of the snaps in the slot. Not as much depth in the slot as what you see on the outside. So it wouldn't surprise me if, slot, if Price had a really good season. But at the same time, I mean, this receiver, the receiving group in the big 12 was extremely stacked and, Uh, One other thing I want to say is I think that it's kind of ridiculous to Spencer Sanders' first team over Dylan Gabriel because, I mean, Sanders won it by default last year, just looking at kind of the lack of talent in the Big 12 from a quarterback standpoint. This year, though, Dylan Gabriel comes after two seasons at UCF and obviously an injury-shortened third season where he looked like a really good quarterback, put up over 300 yards a game passing, obviously had a lot of touchdowns, and in general led one of the most high – high-powered offense you add an Oklahoma's team and the fact that they've got Jeff be calling the plays I mean it's kind of strange to me to not have Dylan Gabriel over Spencer Sanders but it is what it is I was also part of a panel that put Gary Bohannon as the second best quarterback in the Big 12 you so were which I I'm not forgiving you yet for <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not immune to dumb decisions when it comes to ranking quarterbacks
0: <laughs> all right that will do it for our show today Uh, time for plugs. Jake, I'll let you go first. Where can people find you and your work and all of its variety?
2: Uh, Check out Locked On Cougars wherever you get your podcast. We're on YouTube just like this. You just search it out, subscribe. We're actually nearing the 1,000 subscriber mark. So a big uh, thank you to all of you for that support. Hopefully we'll get there really quickly. Uh, Check it out wherever you get your podcast, Locked On Cougars. Also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. And if you want my my thoughts on all things sports, my Twitter handle is Jacob C. Hatch.
0: Emery.
1: Or you can follow the Locked On Texas Tech podcast at Locked On TTU on Twitter. As well as that, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. Also on YouTube, just search it up just like you would on here. And then if you want to hear my takes on random sports things, you can follow me, EddieRacer41 on Twitter. Just be careful, though. I've had some rough baseball takes lately. Not a big baseball guy, so it's been kind of exposed there. But Why are you ripping takes Eddie? Then if you're
0: not a baseball guy? <laughs> you're just going to expose yourself.
1: Exactly, but hey, it's the college—it's the college regionals. I'm—I'm I'm just saying, college baseball tournament is as good as it gets. So, I've been watching lots you of like baseball. Five, last, you like five-hour games. Like five games. yeah. Like, hey, 20, that, 50, that, 50, that Stillwater 50, regional yeah. was insane. They, what was it? It was like 145 total runs across yeah. the entire regional. It's crazy.
3: Boombox, uh, John. We'll find you and your work. I don't know, that Stillwater Regional reminds me of my uh, Sandlot games in California where really. <laughs> like, you don't have a left field. You're hitting everything to right field. Yeah. It's just an open space. you, you got like five guys there. playing defense. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John9Williams for more great uh, you know, takes from your youth of Sandlot ball or lacrosse or some college softball takes as well. You can follow me, uh, the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. And you can read my work covering the Sooners over at SoonersWire.com. You guys can
0: find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show over at your podcast. Find us uh, YouTube as well, folks. It was a pleasure. Also, uh, our friends Stephen Simcox and Jonathan Davis could not be here tonight. They wanted to be here, could not be here. Uh, I know we're going to be up on Jonathan's feet, so shout out to everybody out there. Uh, But, yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week.
2: See you.